everybody. It's so good to see everybody. Glad that everybody made it out here on this Labor Day weekend. Can't believe that. Uh, and uh, hello to everybody who's watching online. So glad you're joining us as well, wherever you are. And, uh, you know, I hope and pray every, every time that, that you've already felt God's presence. I know he's here and I know he's working. And I know that's why so many of us come here is to be encouraged and just know that he's, that he's working in our lives and that Jesus is still celebrated and uplifted every time we get together. And I'm, I just don't want to look past that, don't want to take it for granted. So I'm glad that we are still able to do that. So uh, let's get to it. If you have your Bibles or electronics, go ahead and grab those. Open them up to John chapter 11. We're going to be in John chapter 11. And, uh, and if you're new or visiting and, and you don't have uh, a Bible, the best thing you can do is get the Bible app. Then you'll have it whenever you, wherever you are on your phone. But we, we'll also have the scriptures up here for you uh, uh, if you didn't bring your Bible. Uh, and so as you're getting there to John chapter 11, here's what we've been doing. Over the last couple months, uh, we've just been on a journey with Jesus. That's the way I've been saying it. Uh, just looking into what he's been saying and what he's been doing. And, and we've been looking kind of scattered all through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I, I, I'll tell you, I love the book of John. The book of John is my favorite of the four. Sorry, everybody else. But anyways, I love John and his account. Nothing against anybody else. But um, one of the things and why I love it so much is that how John really presents Jesus to us. And, and one of the things that he makes sure that we see uh, are these statements uh, that Jesus makes uh, that, that clearly say uh, who he is and paint a picture. And they're actually called something. They're called the I Am Statements. Uh, and there's seven of them in the book of John. And where we're going to be today is we're going to see the very last I Am Statement that Jesus makes where he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And right there, everybody, with that last I am statement, uh, this is the point of no return for Jesus. This is where we're at. Uh, because after this story today, his own death is inevitable uh, after he says and does what we'll read about today. And, and so with that, over the next three weeks, here's where we're going to go. We're actually going to look in and, and deep dive into the death and resurrection of Jesus and how that completely changed how we see life, death, and, and what lies beyond. And, and so that's where we're going over the next three weeks. And I'm actually really excited about it. I love that we're doing this in the non-Easter season. I think it's really cool to go through this like, like it is Easter because, man, we should be doing this any time uh, that we have the word of God open. So I think it's going to be refreshing to look uh, at the crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection in September. I really believe God's going to use it in a unique way as we do that. Uh, so that's where we're going to be going over the next three weeks. And so along with that, before we get into John 11, I want to start us off with something. I want to start off this morning with this. Have you uh, ever heard someone described as destroying something? Or, or have you ever been uh, described as, man, like you really destroyed that, right? Uh, I think we use that a lot. Uh, last night I was, I was hoping that my beloved Mountaineers wouldn't have that as a storyline, that they didn't get destroyed. And I don't know, verdict's out. I don't know, I'm not sure about that. You know, Marshall got by last night as well. Uh, so I don't know if we would be, you know, I don't think we could say anybody got destroyed. I don't know, we could talk about that. Um, but man, like, you know, a lot of times it's brought up with food, right? Where it's like, man, you destroyed that burrito, right? That burrito didn't have a chance, right? I used to be able to say about myself, but nowadays I'm more saying, boy, that burrito destroyed me, right? Like, I'm going to have to destroy some Pepto. Um, we use that, right? We use that a lot. The, the word destroy is used in a lot of ways. But uh, about 30 years after Jesus' resurrection, this guy named Paul wrote to his friend Timothy. 
And he was writing to him because Timothy was, was uh, leading a church that was planted by Paul. And, and Paul was writing to encourage him because Timothy got down a lot. He got down a lot about what was going on and, and how he was leading this church. And, and so what he wanted to do is he wanted to write to encourage Timothy about something and to remind him to, to never walk away from this, to always be leaning in on this. And, and so this is where uh, what he says in 2 Timothy 1. He goes, hey, I want to remind you, Timothy, that it's now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now, I think uh, no matter where you are, I think that, that there's something that we would all at least agree on, and it's that death is definitely a transition of some sort, right? That, that we cannot escape death on this earth. It, it's one of the only guarantees that we have on this earth. Can't avoid physical death. Right? Can't avoid it no matter who you are, what color your skin is, what you believe, or any of that. But, but everybody, listen, this is vitally important to know. Right here, what I'm about to tell you. If you walk away with anything today, you need to walk away with this truth. And it's this, is that Jesus destroyed death. All right? He, he didn't give it a good fight. He didn't, like, distract us away from, from death's message. No, he, he destroyed it. Here's what it's saying, that, that he abolished the power that death has on us the second he came out of that grave three days after he died, everybody. Amen? Like, that he destroyed it, and it was witnessed by so many people. And so Paul wanted to encourage Timothy, and I think he wants to encourage us that, that listen, wherever you are, that whatever it is that you're going through, whatever is getting you down or, or whatever is stressing you out or overwhelming you in your life, whatever trial that you're going through, he says, you need to remember this, that the one who you believe in has destroyed something way bigger than whatever it is you're going through. Anybody hear me out there? Like, that's what he's saying. Don't ever forget that, that there is a transcending hope and strength that comes in belief in Jesus because he conquered death and he brings real life. Amen, somebody? Come on, let's wake up, everybody. That's an awesome thing to remember. Now, with all of that, let's get into John 11, okay? So we, we're gonna kind of bring this out a little bit more as we go through the story. All right, so John 11, here, here it is. Verse one says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now this Mary, this is the one whose brother Lazarus now is sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So it was not Jesus' mother either. So he's just saying who Mary was, all right? So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one who you love is sick. And so we got two sisters here, right? We got Mary and we got Martha and, and their brother who is sick. Now, we do not know a whole lot about Lazarus, but uh, what we know is that he's not dying of old age, that, but he's very, very sick. And so the sisters send someone to track Jesus down because he's not where they were. Uh, they figured he was over here uh, where he normally is, teaching about God and doing some amazing things. And so they made sure they, they wanted to tell him, and they made sure with this message to tell him, hey, make sure you say, the one who you love is sick. And, and I want you to notice, I want you to notice something, that, that she didn't say the one who loves you is sick. So she, she wasn't saying, hey, you know, Lazarus, man, he really loves you, Jesus. Like, he, the one who gets up early every morning, he beats me every time to prayer. He prays so hard, Jesus. Like, he knows all the scriptures. Man, he reads and he fasts uh, way more than we do. Uh, he really loves you. And so, so hopefully, because of that, Jesus, uh, we hope you get fired enough and mo motivated enough to, to actually help him out. And isn't that what we think sometimes? But here, I want you to hear something today before we move forward with this story. I want you to hear something today about God's love. And it's proven to us, what I'm about to tell you, by what Jesus did for us. See, here's what you need. Somebody needs to hear this today. 
God is not motivated to help you based on your love for him. He is already motivated enough out of his great love for you. Okay, everybody? And that never changes. It's the same love that sent Jesus to the cross. He's already motivated for you. He loves you so much. He loves you and he wants to help you and he's there to be there for you in your life. I just feel like somebody need to hear that today. So, so they say you're the one who you love is sick. And so it says when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And so Jesus is saying here, we need to catch this, is that there is a sickness that will happen and it will give God glory. It will bring God's glory. And, and that's not easy to hear. We, we don't want to hear that. That there is a sickness that he's letting happen that will give God glory. And, and you know, here's what I know in a room this big. Here's what I know. I know that that is going on. That there's sickness, that there's bad news, there's seasons of hurting, and, and we're not immune to that. That there's a reality for so many people here. And, and it's not something that, that did happen not too long ago, but th there are some of us right now, it is happening right now. That there is a sickness, there is bad news and hurting. And, and I want you to see, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see what Jesus says, because there's never a more critical time to know it than when you're actually going through something like, like that. Because here's what Jesus is saying. He's like, yeah, yeah, you may be going through something right now that seems like the end, but it is not the end. It's not the end of, okay? There's not going to stay that way. Uh, you hear what he's saying? You hear what he's saying? Because he's talking about something more than here. He's talking about something more than what we're going through, more than what we are experiencing right now and what we see right now. And it's critical to know everybody, especially when we consider the pain and sickness and things that we all go through, that we all go through, okay? Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay, now I just want us to see something here because notice, like, this is the second time that John made sure to, for us to see that Jesus really loved these guys. And it just makes me ask, like, why did he, why did he repeat that? We already said that Jesus loved him. And so why did he repeat that? And it's here, why, here's why. It's because of the next verse. It's because of the next verse, and it's because we all think the same thing should happen, which is this. Jesus loved Lazarus so much that he disappeared where he was. He time-warped to Lazarus, breathed on his face, and he got better, right? That, because, everybody listen to me, because if you do love me, then you would do what I think you need to do for me. If you do love me, uh, you give me what I want. And if you don't uh, do what I think you should do, then you don't love me, God. See, that's what we think. And so, so John is making really clear here. Jesus loved him. He loved him. Because now, now Jesus, Jesus loved Mary, uh, Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, here's the next thing happened. He stayed where he was for two more days. And spoiler alert, Lazarus dies. His friend who he loved dies. And so we look at this and we think, why did you stay there? Right? Like, why would he stay there for two days? Why didn't he do something? You ever been there? You ever been going through a situation? You're like, why do I feel so overlooked by God? Doesn't he see what I'm going through? Do you ever feel like God forgot about you or, or that he wasn't really paying much attention to what was going on in your life? And here's what I want to tell you. Just know, just know this. We've all had those moments. We've all had those times where we prayed, but God didn't show up to do that thing that we think that he should have done. We didn't receive the miracle that we hoped for. Why, why does this happen? 
Gang, there are things that I prayed for, that I've hoped for, that I didn't think were honestly that unreasonable of a request for God to do, and he didn't do it. He didn't show up the way that I thought he should, and it left me wondering why. Like, why did God do this miracle over here, but he wouldn't do that little thing for me over there? We've all been there. And, and gang, listen to me, the scale of what we are hoping and thinking and praying for to happen, it doesn't happen. The scale is all different, but we've all experienced that. And, and here's what I want to speak into, I guess. This is kind of where, this is where I've landed. I don't have much time to flesh this out, but th- this is what I've just kind of settled in my own life, going through the same things that I just explained. Here's, here's where I've just settled. with. Just, this is just me. For me. See, Jesus doesn't need to prove himself by doing everything I want him to do or, or doing it the way that I want him to do and think it should. And it's because of one thing. It's because he already did the one thing to prove himself to me that explains life, death, and what's beyond. You hear what I'm saying? Like, so he doesn't need to do everything that I want him to do. or He doesn't have to do everything that I think he should do because he's already done the one thing for me that will actually prove to me and actually explain to me everything that I need to know about this life. And so I've wrestled with that enough to just be settled there, settled there in that, doesn't mean I don't ask why. doesn't mean I don't go through that stuff. And, and by the way, if you think that your life would be better if he just healed every single person that had any kind of sickness and just did everything that I think he should because it's not that unreasonable to do, God, if we think that, okay, if you did that, then that would be it for me. No more wondering, no more confusion, no more uh, doubt or anything like that. If you're thinking that, just read the Bible, everybody. Because Jesus tried that. God did that. And, and I'm telling you, every time God did what everybody thought that God should do, they still went their own way. They still worshiped other idols, okay? They still went on and turned to other gods. And even with Jesus, even with Jesus, we already saw this, people still made excuses not to follow him in the face of miracles that they saw him do. And so Jesus is saying, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, it don't work. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what he's saying. So, so again, if we're wondering... Well, gosh, if he just did that, all that, no, he's saying, I'm, trust me, it doesn't work the way you think it'll work. All right, verse 11. So he went on to tell them, hey, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, the disciples, okay, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Uh, and Jesus had been speaking of his death, but this is great, but, but his disciples thought he meant they were actually sleeping. So they're like, well, if he's sleeping, he should get better, Jesus, right? And Jesus told him plainly, I could just see him having this human moment right now going, ah, he's dead, guys. Come on, like, come with, follow me here. Like, says he told them plainly, no, Lazarus is dead, you dinguses, right? And he's like, and for yours, he didn't say that. That's what I would have said, but I've got sin going on. So anyway, and for your sake... I, now listen to this. I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So wait, Jesus is glad. Did we read that right? <laughs> that, that you're glad that, that your friend is dead, the one that you loved, that you could have prevented probably. You're glad that he's, that doesn't make sense. And gang, listen to me. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when we are trying to put earthly logic to an eternal God. It doesn't make sense when we're trying to put earthly logic to an eternal God. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what he's saying here, okay? So listen, this is huge. Because what Jesus is about to do and what he's about to show those guys and what he is going to show us is that we are not just serving an intellectual, logical God. You hear what I'm saying? That he's something bigger and more crazier and like unbelievable than that. He said, I'm gonna show you something because every now and then God has to do something. And he does. He'll do something that proves that he's not just an earthly God. You hear what I'm saying? This is what's gonna happen. That I'm gonna show you something even greater than that. 
And, and, and it's going, here's what he's saying. It's going to make you guys just believe. I'm just going to do that for you. That's what he does. Verse 16. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole story. And then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, well, let us also go. We just die with him. You got to love this guy. And by the way, this is the same Thomas that is doubting Thomas. Like, you got to love Eeyore here, where he's like, well, got to die sometime. Let's just go get it over with. You know, they're like, thanks, coach. You're welcome. You know, like, I don't have anything else in that. So next verse is, I just thought that was kind of funny. So next verse, it says, uh, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus already had been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. So what they're trying to say is he could have gotten there. Just don't miss that. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Not a shocking statement. Right, if, if she really knows who Jesus is. We, and honestly, we, if we were there and we knew who Jesus was, we'd probably say the same thing, right? Put yourself there. And, and what I want us to notice is what I notice here is that like, man, when she said that, I don't think she said it that way. This is just my, I think she was probably pretty angry. Think about it, if her brother died. And I think it was probably more like, Jesus, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. What were you doing? And what I notice here is that Jesus didn't interrupt her. Like he let her go, he hears her out, he let her vent. And I just think it's really important to see the kind of God that we have. Because I think she was letting him have it, I really do. I think she was uh, like in assault mood and he doesn't say, hey, where's your faith? Or he didn't say, hey, you know who you're talking to? He didn't do that. And I just think sometimes we need to reminded, be reminded about the kind of God that we have who's patient with us and listens to us and, and allows us to vent every now and then. So here's what we're gonna do with that, okay? So what we're gonna do, if you have your notes, we'll go ahead and grab those. Uh, we're gonna actually be looking at a few of the responses of Martha. All right, few of the responses that Martha has with Jesus. And what's really important here is not the responses, but the progression that Martha takes of these and then how we see our own progression with God and how, because here's the deal, we're all gonna go through things where we're gonna have a progression of responses. And I want us to see how Martha does this. And, and here's what we're gonna learn with Martha. See, how we see Jesus will determine how we respond. You hear what I'm saying? How we see Jesus, it will determine the progression that we have. So if you're taking notes, here's the first one. We already just saw it, is that she responds by looking at the past, right? She responds by looking at the past. So she looks and she sees Lazarus dead and she sees Jesus and she goes, man, if you weren't here, uh, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. And, and gang, that's what we all do. It's, I, it's not uncommon to look at something that happened and to have this reaction. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is where Martha is wrestling right now. Can you see it? I could just feel her wrestling with this. And I don't, I don't think it's an inappropriate response. I don't. I don't think it's inappropriate. Because he, let's see where this takes her. Let's see where this takes her. Because I want to see, again, the progression of this and see it in light of our own response and things. So next verse, verse 22, she goes, but even now... So she said, man, if you weren't here, if you were here, he wouldn't die. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And so here's the second response that she has. She goes from her past to saying she responds with God's truth to help in the present. That she responds with God's truth to help her in the present. So what she does here, you gotta see this progression. She uses the truth that she knows about God to actually guide her in the present with what's happening in her life. 
She uses the truth that she knows about God to help guide her in the present. So, so what she does is she looks at it. Now think about this. I, I, want her, I just want us to get there. She takes all that heartache, all that pain, all the loss, all of her intellectual and emotional understanding of the situation. Her brother is in a tomb. And she takes it and puts all of that at Jesus' feet with grief and great sorrow and mourning. And if you were here, Jesus, I'm hurting right now. This doesn't feel good right now. I'm having a hard time with this. You feel it? The rawness of this? But what is so identifying with Martha, don't miss this, is not the rawness of what she felt from the past, but the turn she takes with God in the present. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? Because she turns, she goes, but even now, oh, even now, think about that moment. Think about it. The hurt and the pain and the confusion and the loss and how raw it is. And yet she lands on still having this confidence in Jesus. How? How does that happen? How is that possible? I mean, she just tore into Jesus, right? She tore him a new one. And then she says, but now I still see you for who you are. What's happening? What's happening? I think that there are mysteries. I, I think there are mysteries that exist when you are in an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't know how else to say it. It's just these transcending things that happen when you're truly in this relationship with Christ. It just, it really transcends you into this other realm of being and thought. I just, I just, I'm telling you, I've experienced it in my life and, and I've seen it happen. But because honestly, God, listen to me, honestly, outside of having a great love for Jesus that surpasses all their knowledge, this isn't possible. It's not, and it, it happens all the time. People just walk away, but it's, I'm telling you, there's a mystery that happens in there. So for Martha, here's what, if you want to write anything down, I don't have it in your notes, but here's what happened. It, see, she, it went from her head to her heart in this one. You hear what I'm saying? It went from her head to her heart. So, so here's what she was saying. She goes, I know some things about you. I've seen it. Like, I, I know the truth. I, I, I have this knowledge about you. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow those to go from my head to my heart. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to allow those to, to go into my heart that's hurting, that's raw. And, and that transcended her circumstance, even though it was raw and real, and it was right there in that moment. But she saw Jesus for who he really was to her, and that he, listen, that he hasn't abandoned her, that he hasn't abandoned her. I don't know if somebody needs to hear that today. She has this even now moment with Jesus, that even now, in those delays that I'm experiencing with God, I don't see it as a denial. That even now, when it seems hopeless, with my family or, or my people that I love, God can heal, God can forgive, God can do that. He can bring forgiveness into my life. That even now in this weakness, you can be my strength, God. That even now in this dark time of the soul for me, you are the light of the world and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, somebody. Even now, does somebody need an even now moment in here? Come on. Anybody need it right now? I know I always need it in my life, but, but we can only get there. Here's what I'm telling you. We can only get there if we remember God's truth and you can only remember it if you know it. If you know it, she knew it. And she let it go from her head to her heart. And gang, I'm telling you, I really believe that every one of us here can get there. But you gotta know the truth of God. You gotta know what he says because listen, to hold on to his promises means you gotta know him. You hear what I'm saying? You gotta know him. You gotta get in there and know his truth every day. Verse 23, we're gonna jump down to 23. So Jesus says, so again, she goes, man, like, you know, uh, whatever I ask, you, you'll do. And Jesus says, all right, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know. I mean, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
So here's the third response that she has, is that she responds with a future hope. You see that? She responds with a future hope. I, I can imagine like when she responded to Jesus, like I just feel this big sigh, like, I know. I mean, I know that I know we'll see him in the last days. I know that he'll rise again and we'll all be together in heaven. And, and, and that's where her hope is. And she's not wrong, right? She's not wrong. Like she's right. She's actually seeing this through a correct lens with what we should see with Jesus because she has this hope. And so if you want to know what hope is, here's what hope is. Here's what Christian hope is. Christian hope is a confident expectation for something good to happen in the future. That's what it is. Hope is a confident expectation for something good in the future. All right, so hope is a confidence, right? It's, con it's, not, it's not this, oh man, I hope something good happens. It's not, it is actually, it's, we expect it to happen. You hear what I'm saying? It's a difference between saying, oh, I hope it happens and saying, no, 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 I know what expect it. And not only that, is it a certainty. It is a certainty that something good is here and something good will be done. And here's what hope does. This is what hope does for us. Hope encourages us when we need it most and it presses forward when things seem at its darkest. You know, a lot of times like, I, I hear people say, and I've actually heard this not, not recently, but a long time ago when I would have a lot of debates with people who didn't believe in Jesus. They would say, you know, I feel like uh, believing in God, it's kind of like a crutch. Like you just use it as a crutch. And you know what I would say? You sure bet it is. It is a crutch. It's a crutch. But here's what people fail to realize. That all of us walk around this life with a limp. And if my God is saying, hey, do you want some help? Do you want a crutch? You better believe I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? If you want me to walk right, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. So I would say that that is. That's the hope that I have. Is this reaching anybody today? I feel like we're quiet, man. I'm not, I feel like God's showing us some cool things about himself. I love this psalm where it says this. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Anybody been there? Anybody in there? Hope in God then. For I shall again praise him, my salvation. Hope praises God. I love this reminder. I love this reminder. And it's what Martha was doing in the face of the harder things that we all, all face, one of the harder things that we'll face, which is losing someone close to you, which is losing someone in this life. But she says, yet I know this isn't it. You know, she's like, I know this isn't it. You know, she knew God's word. She believed it. I know the end of the story and it's a good ending, Jesus. I know it'll rise again. Everyone is gonna rise again in the last day. But check out what Jesus does because he's gonna do something that she never expected. Next verse says, Jesus said to her, no, no, I'm the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And here's what she said, yes. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into this world. And so, you know, so Martha's like, man, I, I know I got the answer. I know that we'll be together. I know the resurrection is going to happen. And so Jesus says this to her. He says, no, 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 Martha. Listen, the resurrection isn't something that's just going to happen down the road. It's, it's not an idea. It's a person. It's me. I am the resurrection, and I'm standing right in front of you. I am the resurrection. And if you lean into me, if you believe in me, then everything will change. How you see everything is going to change. And I'm, standing, I'm telling you, everybody, right now, I am, I am standing up here today preaching Jesus because gang, Jesus is the same today as he was then. He is the resurrection and the life. Amen, everybody? Nothing's changed. Nothing's 
change. And then he comes back. I hope you see this with this word. Go back and read it. it happens way more than three times. And in here, he says it three times here so we don't miss it. And he says, he who believes in me. That, it, that listen, if you want to step into this, if you want to step in to who he is and, and lean in on what he could do and be changed by what Jesus is, he's saying, I'm not asking you to try harder. Hey, listen, I'm not asking you to do more. I, you don't have to tuck your shirt in and come to church and be, you know, all that. He says, believe in me. Believe in me. Believe in me. He says it three times. Do you believe? And Mars, yes. And you know, maybe for some of you, I'm telling you, God, like, as I was preparing this week, I, I don't know, man, God was speaking to me in a way, and, and you know, I, I, I just put this down. You know, you, I don't know if you knew you were gonna hear this coming in. I'm not sure that this is what you thought you needed to hear today, but I believe this is exactly what God wants you to see, that, that, that some of you here, listen, you've just been hanging on. I felt like God just made it so clear to me. You're just, you're just so lethargic with God and, and that you're just not in this great place. And you're like, I've tried. I keep trying and I keep trying. I just can't get there. Or, or maybe you're like, you know, I was good until that one thing happened. And then when it happened, I, I can't get over it. And why did that happen? Why did God have to change that? Why didn't God change that? But here's what I'm here to tell you. But here's what I know, because you're here today. At some point though, at some point you can look back and I know this is a fact that you did have that hope that you did have that drive and belief and conviction and then life happened and something happened and it seemed to fade away or get ripped out and I'm hoping today that Jesus comes through because what he's saying to me is just believe again. Just believe I've never left you. I've never abandoned you. I'm still your hope. I'm still your salvation. I am there for you and I will lift you up if you just believe again. I feel like somebody needs to hear that today. That's all he's looking for. Believe in me. Believe what I said. Believe what I did. Believe again. He will never take that offer off the table for you. He will never take it off the table for you. All right, let's finish it out. So then Jesus said, deeply moved again, come to the tomb. And it was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. Oh, sorry, Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead for four days. I want to point this out. Uh, I love this. In the King James Version, I just think this is great. It says, he stinketh. Uh, I just find that funny. Jesus, he stinketh. Don't just do that. It's going to smell. I don't have anything past that. Okay, then Jesus said to her, hey, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so he took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around because you, you, every now and then you're just gonna do something. Not all the time, but you're gonna do it on the account of people standing that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out and his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Give him a bath because he stinketh, right? Yeah. And so Jesus, man, it's amazing what happens. And, and here's where I want to go with this, okay? We can't miss the point of this. We cannot miss the point of this. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and seen what he did, believed in him. They, he said it was going to happen, and it happened. Not, not, not a couple, not a few, not some. Many believed, and we can't miss this point, which is this. We cannot miss this point. The point is not that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's not the point. Because I hope you see, 
I hope you see that there are actually worse things than us not getting physically better down here on this earth. And I'm telling you what the worst thing is. It's not understanding the true miracle that Jesus is. That's what he's trying to say. Because the reality is, here's the reality. For Lazarus and for us, we're going to die. Aren't you glad you came to church? I'm just saying, like, that is a reality that we have. And, and I, I just want you to understand this, that yes, he raised Lazarus from the dead, but he died again. That is inevitable for us down here on this earth, okay? But, but listen, here's what we need to understand. This is the point. The point isn't that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but that God's ultimate plan is something bigger than that. It's something bigger than us getting physically healed here. There's something more than that that exists, and that's what he's trying to show us over and over again. And, and we need to catch this because this is really important. So because of that, okay, because of that, can I just speak into your life a little bit? Gang, we need to be way less preoccupied with our physical condition than we are with our spiritual condition. We've got to be way more preoccupied with our spiritual condition than we are with our financial position or, 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 or any other kind of position, our occupational condition, or, or our kids' physical and athletic and academic condition. We've got to be way more preoccupied with their spiritual condition. I think sometimes we're just throwing that away. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but my goodness, we've got to put them in the right perspective. That's what Jesus is saying. How are you doing with their condition spiritually? Because I'm going to tell you something that you know, and I'm just going to reinforce it. Nothing here lasts. Are you living that way? Or we don't even take our bodies with us. Praise Jesus for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't wait to have hair again. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we will or not. I'm not sure. I hope we do. Ask and you will receive. That's what Martha said. Give me hair. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do with this? What do we do with this? We, we take this perspective and we still believe and we lean in on who Jesus says, I am, the resurrection and the life. So three things, three things that I just want to challenge them. One, man, be like Martha, right? Be like Martha. Here's what I mean. That we can have eyes to see that what happened in the past doesn't have to dictate how we see God's truth in the present so that it doesn't take away our future hope. You hear what I'm saying there? That whatever happened, it doesn't have to dictate what I see God doing in the present so it does not affect my future hope. And, and here's why we choose this. Why we choose this? Because it's a choice. It's, a, it's intentional on our part. But why we do that is the power of the resurrection. Come on, somebody. That's why we do it. People always ask me, like, why, you know, do you really believe in all that stuff in the Bible and God and the Old Testament and all these weird stories in there? And people always ask me that. And I say, yeah, I believe. I believe. But I only believe because of one thing. I only believe because of the resurrection. I'm telling you right now, if the resurrection wasn't real, I don't know if I would believe in any of this. You hear what I'm saying? Like it's the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus gives us all the power that we need and all the power to have this progression of a belief that should change the way we live this life. Anybody hear me out there? Like that's the only reason why I'm up here today. Not because the old, none of, it's the resurrection of Jesus. And it caused me to believe all of the other stuff, okay? Because if the resurrection is real, that's a game changer. Would you agree? Would you agree? Yeah, if it's real, it's a game changer. Here's the second one. Pray for God's glory. That's what we do. Jesus said it's for God's glory. And so what do we do when we're in these things? We pray for God's glory. That's not easy, right? Like when we're going through things like, God, I just want you to be glorified because what we're in fact saying is like you're in control. And, and I, man, that's not easy, but that's what we do. Gang, listen to me. I hate to wait. 
I hate to wait for God, but there have been so many times in my life where God was glorified through the weight in my life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like it just, so we pray for God's glory. And then the third one was we trust his timing, that we trust his timing because he knows far better than you do. And he knows far more than you ever will. And so we trust his timing. We trust his timing. So I wanna challenge us with those three things. So let me pray for us. Actually, before I pray, you can go ahead and click, go ahead and click your things right now. Everybody click your things. I'll give you 10 seconds to click them. Click, click, click. Go ahead, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up, click. All right, good job, keep clicking. Raise your hand if you haven't clicked yet. I'm doing this for my friends. Okay, anybody? All right. We can still not take ourselves seriously, right? Take God seriously. God, we love you. Thank you for this message, Jesus, man. I hope we see what you're saying and not just what you're doing and, and who you are, not just what you do. I, I mean, it all comes together. It all comes together. Like after this moment, you're gonna show the world you're gonna show the world exactly who you are and what you came to do. And that's a truth that never changes, that you are the resurrection and the life, that that's the only way that we're gonna find real life here. That's the only way that we're gonna really experience what you made us to experience. So I God, I just pray we're challenged today a little bit. I pray we're challenged to go have a progression like Martha. I know that's not, I mean, I'm not ticking those off real easy for me. It's a challenge to go through those and say, man, how's my progression doing when, when the things come across my bow that I don't wanna come across? How am I progressing through this with the truth that I know? Lord, help us to see whatever happens to us should cause us to see where you are right now with us so that it doesn't affect the hope that you have for us, God. Thank you that that is secure. Thank you that our hope is secure in Jesus, but there's also a life worth living right here and right now, and you offer it to us, and you're never taking that away. So I pray that anybody who needs that and, and wants that, they can just, it's a free gift that you give through your son Jesus and his death and resurrection, that we can bring that in anytime and, and, and turn our lives over and surrender our sin to you so you forgive us, and we can really be made right with you, and then we can walk in a right relationship with you, because that's what gives us salvation. That's what gives us what we need. It's your son, and it's what he did. We love you, and we pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, I hope you're challenged today a little bit. I really do hope that you take a look at those again. Thanks for clicking early, and we'll see you next Sunday.